Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Win a Hilux and Camper on 15 May and support your local footy club. Visit ignitehq.com.au. Your rugby league coverage on SEN starts now. Welcome to NRL Crunch Time. Oh, yeah, certainly is. Uh, crunch time brought to you by Ignite HQ. And as you heard uh, before, win a Hilux with Ignite HQ on the 15th of May. You can call the show, one 300 Now, just remember that you set the agenda. We go to where you want to go. So you set the markers, and we just follow in behind those. The call on one 300 text 457 736 736. You can tweet us at 1170SEN. We welcome our listeners across the SEN network. Perhaps you're listening on 1170SEN in Sydney, 1620am on the Gold Coast, uh, maybe through your digital radio in Queensland. You're driving along, bobbing along to uh, crunch time in Brisbane on SENQ. We welcome our listeners belatedly on the podcast. And you can download the SEN app and listen to crunch time anytime anywhere. Now, a man who has been here in the crunch time seat many, many times. He's a three-time world champion, four-time Commonwealth Games gold medalist, but a very disappointed man after the Raiders finally held on to win in a second half at a half-time lead against his beloved Bulldogs, the great missile, James Magnuson. G'day. Yeah, I've stooped in today. I'm very disappointed. My head's down. But on another note, I missed you, Joel. I haven't seen you in two weeks. I've missed you. Uh, As you pack up the man who was once humble from Port Macquarie, uh, moved to Dremoyne, staying on the west of Sydney, but now is a latte sipper from Bondi. (laughs) Anyway, we move on to our next guest. I'm very excited to have this man because I think he could play a big part in crunch time as we move forward. The great Adrian Prezenko, Chief Rugby League Reporter for the Sydney Morning Herald, Walkley Award winner to the power of two, but a first-time crunch timer. Adrian, good afternoon. Yes, thanks for having me, guys. Looking forward to it. Now, just for those who don't know, Adrian, uh, Walkley Award winner. Now, is that the composite of writing many, many good articles? Is it the subject of writing a powerhouse article? How do you win a Walkley Award? It's a powerhouse article, Joel. Yes. So um, I've been fortunate a couple of times. Uh, the salary cap scandals, both with Melbourne and Parramatta, uh, were big stories that I covered at the time. And uh, just happened to be at the right place uh, when it all happened. And wow. Every now and then, particularly with the Parramatta one, there was a, a situation where I, I got some documents in a car park. Like wow. it was very, yes, it was <laughs> literally good. in a car park and someone's pulled up and the window's gone down. Is that right? And someone's passed me and just said, we never met. And you know, wow. it sort of all stemmed from there. So. Was it Stephen Dank? <laughs> <laughs> it the, was gazelle? Not, the gazelle? No, it was not the gazelle. Uh, I didn't have to go in a hundred metre race with it, whatever, <laughs> as uh, some of the manly staff have done in the past, but... Yeah, it's sort of, that's you so see cool. it in the movies and yeah. you just think, well, that's, they don't yeah. teach you that stuff in journalism school, do they? I, I was a, I've shared this story before. I was a journalist for a matter of four hours, right? <laughs> I, 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 I was at a barbecue and a mate of mine, he said, mate, who was who is best mates with a Canterbury board member, we're on the source and, and rest in peace. They actually had, uh, they had yesterday the memorial race, the Adam Hagen Memorial in Wagga. And it was Hagues who told me, he said, mate, I can tell you now, everyone thinks Ivan Cleary is going to Penrith. He said, but I've spoken to, insert blank, and he's actually signed with Canterbury, right? I, I said, <laughs> what a I, scoop. I, I, said, wow. I, I, said, I said, are you, are you fair to him? He said, mate, I promise you, everyone thinks he's going to Penrith. He's going to Canterbury. I said, right. So forgot about it after about an hour, right? I'm on the phone, right? 
and I jump on Twitter, which I should never do on the source, and I said, everyone thinks that Ivan Cleary is going to Penrith, but mark my words, he will be a bulldog at the kennel next year. Ivan Cleary to the Bulldogs, you've heard it, for something along like that, right? <laughs> and this was at about probably 7pm when I posted it, right? Yeah. Get back on the source. <laughs> We're dancing to 80s music, right? <laughs> at 11 o'clock... I have got probably a missed call from yourself as well. I had <laughs> I had missed call from Buzz, from Brent Reed, from oh, Dean Ritchie, wow. from probably yourself, Adrian. Bang, 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 bang. I'm going, oh, what's happened here? And then I check social media and people are reposting it saying, he gets good mail, this will be on the mail, bang, 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 bang. And from a journalist's point of view, mm. a lot of the journos have probably had filed their story about him going to Penrith and now starting yep. to second-guess themselves. Mm. And I woke up, A, with a hangover, <laughs> And B, With thinking, geez, I hope I'm right. Geez, <laughs> I hope wow. I'm right. And then a few hours later, uh, Penrith announced that uh, Ivan Cleary is going to Panthers. Wow. I did, felt so sick. And I thought, how do you guys do you, that? Well, firstly, did you play the old, my, my phone's been hacked? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, it, is, it is a very um, Donald Trump move, tweeting when yes. you're drunk. Oh. Conor McGregor does it now. No, I can't Mate. say I'll never do it again. <laughs> or haven't done it in the last week. But the pressure to just drop something, particularly... It's, those bigger stories. It's horrible too. And the news cycle has changed so much in that before you used, there used to be sort of a rhythm and flow to your day where you'd come in, you'd have a coffee, you'd have a, you know, a couple of, couple of phone calls and you'd sort of mm. think, okay, this is where I'm heading today. Whereas you're on deadline all the time now yeah. and, and there's this real immediacy. You have to be first and, and you have to be right. Ideally, yeah. as, you, yeah. as you know. So yeah, like there's, I, I think one, um, don't tweet at all. Like I, I just, my boss hates it. If, if there's a big breaking story and I tweet it before I've posted in the Sydney Morning Herald, uh, he's up yeah. here for the red. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So well, I never yeah, that's, do that. That's fair enough. Yep. yep. So, so it's not about me owning the story. It's yes. about the organisation that I work yes. with. Yeah. But, but when you think you've got a big one, you've just, it, I'd rather get beaten on a story than get it really wrong. Yeah. yeah. Have so, you learned the hard one? No, no doubt every journalist has got absolutely. it wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. No, there have been a couple of times where, and the thing is nobody, um, Everyone gives you mail, right? And, yeah. and nobody means to mislead no. or, or a lot mm. of the time. And you have to trust your contacts as much as possible. Yeah. But there have been a couple of times where you just think, oh, how am I going to salvage this? Like this is the, uh, oh, there's been a, a late and lucrative bid. There's been a back <laughs> for you. <laughs> and, and you know what? Beloved Hagues, he, he was probably right and his mail was probably absolutely spot on. Yeah. But something happened. In fact, I need to speak to Ivan one day and say, I've actually did this. <laughs> Can you tell me what happened? Were you close to signing with Canterbury? How far did it get, et cetera? Um, so just back to the Walkley because it's, it is a big story. How did that all play out? You know, and, and, then, and then you've got to do all your work and you go, yep, I want to pull the trigger on this. Well, there's, there's a couple of aspects. Like the Parramatta one... One, it was um, it was a, a painful, it was a bittersweet sort of time for me because I'm a long-suffering Eels yeah. fan. So mm. if it was, say, the Manly or the Bulldogs, I would have been whistling while <laughs> yeah, I worked. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, you, you get all of this information. And that, that was really interesting because I think if somebody cheats the salary cap, but everyone gets paid, nobody knows about it. But there were disgruntled parties because people were running into the CEO's office going, Where's my illegal cash? Yeah. Um, mm. So all of a sudden you had player managers who were disgruntled. You had a board that was split. And it's when those cracks appear that those sorts of stories and rumours start to emanate. So you sort of try to prise your way in, find a little crack and, and see if someone's prepared to talk to you. What, and what year was that para one? It's 2016 from memory. So, you, they, so your first walk was the storm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Did, did para... They weren't doing that well when they were breaking the well, cap well, either, were they? This is the thing. They actually cheated the cap 
yeah. and came stone motherless last. <laughs> and you just think, <laughs> how, how, how would this team have performed if it was uh, yeah, Cap yeah. Oh. You know, like it was just, it was At least terrible. when the Bulldogs and the Storm cheated the Cap, they went on big winning streaks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. With, with the Storm, you know, they took their minor premierships off them, their, their major premierships. I'm thinking, well, will they take the wooden spoon off Parramatta, please? <laughs> yes. Oh, oh. yes. Adrian Pacheco, the voice you're hearing, uh, Sydney uh, yeah. Morning Herald, and the great James Magnuson. Uh, there you go. I'm, I'm fascinated by it because – it, 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 there's so much pressure at stake. And, and you know what? Um, Ray Hadley gave me a very, very valuable lesson back at the continuous call team. So what would happen is I would be the sideline eye. The game would finish at about 5 o'clock. I'd go and do some interviews and and off I'd go. I'm sitting in the back of the box this one particular day. And because what happens is Big Man and I would travel together, but he would finish at 6 p.m. So I'd be sitting in the box. And this next day, I get this call from Hadley. And he says, mate, um, we need to have a chat. He said, you've done nothing wrong, but it's a lesson for life moving forward. And he said, mate, you've got to appreciate, which you most certainly would in your vocation, Adrian, how important relations, relationships are. So he said, instead of you sitting up in the box, and it was quite funny, I'd have fun and Bozo and Hadley and Broman and Blocker, and it was a quite fun box to be a part of. But he said, mate, you could sit in the box and have a bit of fun. He said, but you're better off being down there making relationships, you know, meeting all the people and, you know, breaking bread with everyone down there. And you never know how that leads to you. He said, I'll tell you why. Because there was a big story that broke last night. He said, you wouldn't have got it because it happened at 7 p.m. Dean Ritchie got the story at 7 p.m. at night. Parramatta played Penrith at Parramatta Stadium. And Petro Sivanasiva was the recipient of some racial comments. Mm. So you remember that article? I remember that. It was very vicious, right? And he said, mate, you weren't going to get it anyway because we're off air at 6 o'clock and this happened at 7 p.m. That's when Dino got it. He said, but down the track, you will get this sort of information. And down the track, uh, I remember getting many, many stories. uh, Like I was told Hugh Jackman was going to be there. Everyone was saying he wasn't going to be at the field. I knew that Hugh Jackman was there. State of origin, um, knowing the right people. I could interview the Madden boys when I wasn't supposed to. You'd interview Seal when you weren't supposed to do that. And that's Mm. all because of relationships. And I think that that goes, whether you're a plumber, a builder, whatever it is, the power of relationships, and you'd find it in your business, Yeah, well, well, I've done a little bit of writing for for News Corp during the the Olympics, and I found it a really interesting kind of thing to do, to write about people that were my teammates only a year ago or two years ago. But I've I've got a good story for my first first ever article, right? So News Corp contacts me, they want, want you to write for the Olympics, about the swimming, about the Olympics as a whole. Your first article is going to be due uh, 7 a.m. the morning after the opening ceremony. So I've just done 100 days sober leading up to the Olympics. It was just something that I did after my 30th birthday. We spoke about it before. 100 Mm. days sober. It ends on the the night of the opening ceremony. So I say to a few (laughs) of my mates, come over for the opening ceremony. We'll have a few quiet ones. That's your breakout night. That's my breakout. But I've also (laughs) got an article due at 7 a.m. Yeah. So just just be quiet. It'll be low key. It's just the opening ceremony. So I go, I play golf at Arvo, a couple of beers on the course, and I really get into my work and I'm feeling it. Yeah. And I go, you know what? I'll be able to write an article in this mood. I'm, oh. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. <laughs> so then the boys come around, the opening ceremony comes on, and as opening ceremonies generally are, it's pretty boring. Yeah. So attention sort of wanes for the opening ceremony and we start smashing a few more drinks. It gets to about 3 a.m. and I go, holy hell, I've got to write my first ever article for the newspaper tomorrow. Yeah. And it was due at seven. Oh, yuck. So I start writing. The, the, the opening ceremony is still going in the you background. Ma- hey, by the way, you've made the right call 
to start riding while you're up, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, yeah, as, yeah. as opposed to setting uh, yeah. the alarm for six. Yeah, so I'm thinking, actually, you know, as I start riding, I go, my creative juices are flowing here. I'm killing it. I am killing it. <laughs> yeah. So I write, I write, I write. I think it's about 800 words or 1,000 words, which for someone that hasn't written professionally, I haven't written anything since high school, no. to be honest. Your mum's an English teacher, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was my English teacher, can you believe it? So a bit of pressure from, from the family to write something decent yeah. with an English teacher for mum. So I write this article and I'm looking at it, I'm going, I don't know if this is good or not. So I'm saying to my mates, hey, can you come and sit down and have a look at this and tell me <laughs> this is a good article? Oh, yeah. A couple of them are going, I can't even see the screen right now. Anyway, I go, you know what? I'll send it off. Yeah. So by about 4.30, I send it off. Yeah. And, uh, and then I, I go to bed. And uh, I wake up at about 9am the next day. I've got about five emails from my editor saying, can you make a couple of changes? Can you do this? Can you do that? And I've just slept straight through it. Oh, <laughs> and uh, luckily, she, she was really good. She she just made it was, most of it was just grammatical and a few little she bits and pieces. She tidied up for me. It went to print. All was good. Yeah. But uh, it, well, it probably was slightly more stressful than it needed to be. But she'd also said in the email, she goes, geez, how good are you? You got up at 4.30 to oh, write yeah. this article. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know what I, and, and he hasn't wow. told you this because he's quite humble. One of Walkley. Well, there you go. <laughs> With that particular go. article. Uh, there uh, you go. Fa- fascinating. I am fascinated by the whole thing. And, and as you say, in back in the day, you'd have the paper the next day. Yep. So that's what you were governed to, to get to that. These yep. days, you, if it's on social media, bang, you've got to go. You're on mm. deadline all of the time. So there's no sort of ebb and flow to your day. Like the second, like I'll get a text message and, you know, there'll be some sort of a drama. And the worst part is that social media means you're, you're chasing your tail a lot of the time because, not yeah. to use your yeah. example, but a lot of the stuff's on there, on there is wrong. And, but you've still got to make the call. Got, the boss rings you up and goes, mate, I'm here and this is happening. And then you've got to you know, ring Ivan Cleary and say, well, mate, are you going to the Bulldogs? And yeah. then you, mm. you, waste, you waste so much time chasing false information. Have you had to write an article about somebody that you were reasonably close with and you've thought, oh, no. Uh, the dissonance, you know, what do I do about this? Yeah, that that can be really hard. And look, I, th- I think to survive in this game, you've got to play the long game as yeah. well. And sometimes it's just, I'm happy to get beaten on that story rather than doing one of my contacts or, or, or I just, I'll, I'll handball this one to one of my colleagues. So that's, that's always a hard and you've got to make a, you know, a split second decision because again, you're on, you've got to do it under deadline pressure as well. So. Do, you ever, do you ever have to write on something or, or a topic that, that you don't want to. Like I got a couple of curveballs during the Olympics where they said, this has happened and we need you to write about it. And I kind of thought I, it's an icky subject. Like I don't want to write about icky, that. Yeah. How, yeah. How do you get around it? It's sort of funny. Like even, yeah, it's a, it's a box of chocolates journalism. Like, for, for example, like this week or just a couple of days ago, I was in the Supreme court courtroom, 7A of the Supreme court. There's the hearing between the New South Wales rugby league who have taken the ARLC uh, you know, to task over the whole denome as a tester, the election, all that sort of stuff. So I've, I haven't got any experience as a courtroom reporter. Mm. And I thought this will be a really fascinating experience for me because we've got a silk there. Brett, uh, uh, was it Brett Walker? I think it was SC, um, $25,000 a day silk, the guy who's defended Cardinal George Pell. And wow. I thought this will be fascinating just to see from a theatrical point of view, yeah. like what, mm. what is a 25,000 K uh, silk actually perform like, and I was expecting, I don't know, a little bit of 
Cleaver Green, perhaps, or Harvey Specter, or yeah. <laughs> but it was the the driest, most boring thing I've ever done, and it was really you know itty you know into the nitty gritty of you know whether or not you know such and such a constitution was fired or yeah. all that, and I just felt at the end of it so drained because one you know your shorthand you know needs a bit of a workout, and you clock off for just a split second. And you miss the vital, the, the little catch, you know, the, the, the top of the, the pyramid sort of, um, intro to the story. Yeah. And it was just, I just remember feeling just, I walked out and I just got, I was just buggered. Absolutely. You're doing something that's not the yeah. norm for you. So you're yeah. over-concentrating, it's yeah. draining. But uh, did you say Brett Walker? Yes. This same Brett Walker guy, the AOC employed him to do the investigation into Still Knox, paying, paid wow. him. 25 a day to investigate that. Wow. And we got shown the cost because the, the thing was if, if we ever messed up or something again, we'd have to pay the costs of the Olympic Committee's legal fees to investigate this. It was astronomical. And I thought, wow. surely you can just use someone internally rather than getting a silk yeah. to investigate a couple of 20-year-old guys who, who had a bit of fun on tour. Like, And he is his... Mate, talk about a grilling. Oh. And, and not just that, because I'm sitting there, and it's like the taxi meter's running. Like you, We hear so many stories about bush football, that the funds aren't going to where they're meant to go, that all of these country clubs are dying. And I'm just sitting here, oh, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah. money burning. how much yeah, yeah, money yeah, true. to have him in there. And then you've got the other side that's obviously got someone that's you know very high profile and, and mm. wouldn't come cheap either. And I'm yeah. just thinking... Could we not have sorted this all out over a coffee? Like, yeah, honestly, seriously. Honestly, like we, we hold the we hold the election again. We come up with some sort of a, a resolution where everyone wins and everyone feels like they're a winner. Yeah. And and I'm just sitting here and I'm just going, what are we doing here, guys? Yeah. Let us know how you're spending your Saturday. Uh, Jake's on the text. He said, boys, I'm loving this chat, gentlemen. I'm so interested in what happens behind the curtain. Thanks for this. Yeah, no, I, I'm fascinated by it as well. Just on the country comments, have you got a view, Adrian? Like both James and I from the country. Um, have you got a view as to the health of country rugby league? Part of me thinks it may not necessarily be a rugby league specific thing. It may be the way the country is headed at the moment as far as the dynamics have changed a little bit. Uh, I was speaking to Nick Davis. He feels as though the AFL are also finding it very, very difficult uh, to succeed out there. Have you got a view on well, as to why it's struggling? I, I think there's a couple of things that um – the pandemic has just had such an effect on everyone. And I think, yeah, I've got young kids as well that, yeah. that are quite into sport and they haven't played sport for a while. And I think you get into the habit of not playing sport. Um, my biggest thing with my kids is getting them off their iPad and getting them active. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, forget about the, the funding difficulties, just getting kids interested in, in going outside, socializing, being with their friends. That in itself is a huge challenge, especially as they get, get into their teenage years. So I think that as much as anything is going to be a, a massive issue for, for the governing bodies of every sport. Well, they're talking about, James, now um, eSports being yeah. Olympic events. What, what's your two bobs on that? Please, no. please, please, please. <laughs> I, I, I mean, we had surfing and skating and, you know, all these, all these sports where the Olympics is not the pinnacle. It, it, it really waters down the product, in my opinion. And I get, I get it that the... The Olympic Committee are trying to get more eyes on on the on the Olympics, and they're competing with a lot of professional sports. But for mine, it just it just waters down the product and takes away the importance of it. I, I, I found it tough 
sitting in in the uh, Olympic Village with golfers. Yeah. Like, because they're, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, they're talking about, like, how good's this? We're yeah. in Rio. It's a bit of a holiday. And I'm going, yeah, well, I'm here as the pinnacle of my sport. Like, this is peak performance and pressure for us. And you're sitting there kicking back going, we're basically on holidays. Yeah. It's, it's hard to get your head around. And this is probably a, a controversial opinion, but I wouldn't mind if they scaled back the Olympics and we had sort of athletics, swimming, gymnastics, cycling, maybe that just those core sports that are... Uh, that are what embodies the Olympics, which is faster, higher, stronger, or, or whatever yeah. that, that slogan is. Once you start going team sports, professional sports, and all those uh, X-game sports, I, I really don't like it. I tend to agree, Adrian, do you? Even like a sport like tennis, which is you know, a sport that I love and am passionate about, like people are skipping that to get their French Open preparation right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, you know, is... An Olympic gold medal. What does that mean to a you know to a Roger Federer? I mean, is that is that another Madrid Masters title? Like- well, well, for them really, and I think you're right, James. For them, it's just like getting the 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 five rings of tattoo on, on you to say I'm an Olympian. Yeah. I've been yeah. there. But really, like, can you name the last five tennis gold medalists or golf gold medalists? And you just can't, no. can you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and it's it's not the big names. That's why you can't name them because they don't place any important importance on it. No, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the way to have your say. We better say good day to the seal, Alex the seal. How are you, mate? Nice to be with you, gents. A little bit of a, a different panel today. I'm Love it. Very excited by it. To be honest, it's been great chat to open the show, mate. As we like to do our shows here, uh, we like to represent the pub chat. So when you're in a pub with your mates. You're not just exclusively speaking rugby league for six hours. You're not just exclusively speaking sport for six hours. Your conversation goes where it needs to go. And you're part of that, the listener. So let us know, 0457 736 736. That's the text line. Uh, let us know what you want to talk about. We will get into the football, though, mind you. A break and back with more. This is Crunch Time, all thanks to Ignite HQ. After the break, we'll look back at uh, some of the football over the weekend. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.